Welcome to a new episode of News and English, a podcast for advanced learners of English in which the news is an excuse for a tiny lesson. Today, Paris Agreement. The Paris Agreement, or Accord or Pact, is a landmark or historic agreement set within the United Nations framework that addresses climate-related issues. It was adopted, or formally accepted, on December 12, 2015, and entered into force, or began to have validity, on October 5, 2016. The aim of this agreement is to curb or limit global warming by reducing greenhouse gas emissions and to set or direct the world on a low-carbon path. Possibly, what is most relevant of the Paris Agreement is that, on the one hand, it spurs or promotes investment in clean technology, thus making the market for green energy grow, and on the other, it puts pressure on countries to ramp up or increase their goals. Both actions ultimately help curb or limit pollution and boost or increase growth. The signatories or the countries that have pledged or promised to abide by this mandate, that is to say, to obey its directions, are 195. And so far, 149 have ratified the accord. Until June 1, 2017, only Syria and Nicaragua had not signed up. But on that date, the US became the first country to withdraw or drop out of the pact, following its president's announcement that the agreement placed, I quote, onerous energy restrictions on the country. Note that the word onerous is what is usually called a false friend. That is to say, a word that appears to mean the same as a word in another language, but does not. Contrary to what you might expect, onerous is used to describe an activity that is troublesome or involves difficulty. So, a task or a political system might be described as onerous. Mr. Trump's move has been described as short-sighted or lacking foresight, that is to say the ability to plan for the future. It has also been referred to as an act of renunciation or one in which a person announces publicly he or she either no longer believes in something or gives it up. Watch out! Renunciation, which is a nominalization, that is to say, a noun that derives from a verb, is spelt slightly differently from the verb it is related to, which is renounce. By the way, renunciation is also a false friend, as it is not used, as you might think, to refer to the action of leaving a job voluntarily. Another term that was used in this context was abdication, as in, the president abdicated his responsibility to lead in climate affairs. 
you may have already got the hang of it and realized that abdication is also a false friend here, as it refers to failing to perform a duty. Despite Mr. Trump's decision to exit or opt out of the agreement, several U.S. mayors, governors, university presidents and businesses have expressed their desire to stay in or within the accord and have already begun finding ways to bypass Washington or ignore its authority. It seems that by pulling the country out of the deal, the president has effectively helped redouble people's efforts to step up or increase environmental efforts. The overall aim is to prevent runaway or uncontrolled climate change and to avert or avoid its worst effects, including rising temperatures that in turn will lead to the rising of sea levels, powerful storms, drought or periods with little or no rain, wildfires, food shortages and other extreme conditions. What is at stake or in danger is risking catastrophic and irreversible change in the world's climate. Spurning the global climate deal or rejecting it amounts to reversing years of work. It has been described as unconscionable or unscrupulous and immoral and making you feel ashamed and fascist or stupid. The fact remains that while the US president tries to undercut or weaken renewable energy activity, Americans are attempting to boost this sector or make it more successful by setting caps or limits on carbon pollution, investing in clean energy jobs or brokering agreements with local utilities to move towards renewable energy. The US should honor its agreements or keep the promises it has made and abide by international rules or conform to them. For years, countries have squabbled over who should foot the bill or pay for cleaner growth. The Paris Accord was instrumental in getting to bridge the yawning divides or reduce the great differences on the checking of emissions. The former president of the United States, Barack Obama, issued a statement in which he underscored or highlighted the role of the U.S. in setting higher sights or expecting more and trying harder. He also noted countries could reap or obtain benefits from low-carbon investments which would translate into the creation of new industries and jobs. He also asserted the U.S. should be at the front of the pack or lead the way irrespective of the administration's refusal to acknowledge this moral imperative. As a consequence, the European Union has pledged or promised to bypass or ignore Washington and contact governors and business leaders to implement the commitments forged or made in Paris. What is most unfortunate about these events is not just that they are bad in themselves, 
but that it has been said Trump's decision to split from the pact may have to do with the desire to deflect or divert attention from the numerous scandals that plague or afflict the White House. That is the end of today's episode. Let me sign off today with a quote by Jonathan Swift that goes like this. I never wonder to see men wicked, but I often wonder to see them not ashamed. See you next time. Bye.